listening to Games from the Cellar, the board gaming podcast featuring authentic board gaming conversations. I'm Stephen, your host, and tonight I was joined by John, Chris, and Sam to play Nexus Ops. Nexus Ops, designed by Charlie Catino and Steve Kimball, was first published by Avalon Hill in 2005. In 2006, it was nominated for a Golden Geek Award for Best War Game. At the time of this recording, Nexus Ops has a 7.2 rating with 8,800 ratings on BoardGameGeek and has a ranking of 571. It's a 2-4 player light complexity game that should play in about 60-90 to 90 minutes. So thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in-depth with Nexus Ops. Alright, so Nexus Ops is on the table. This is the, the, the very first pick-your-play that our Discord um, picked for us. Um, the pick our play for June is on Discord, so check that out, vote for it, and uh, let us know what we're going to be playing. So, Nexus Ops, it's been a bit since we've played this one. Um, it has been a while. I think John is uh, probably the most familiar. You want to kind of give mm. us the running gear? <laughs> yeah, so this is a this is as dudes on a map uh, a game as you're ever going to get, and everybody has uh, their own little faction. There are six different kinds of units that you can put out onto the board, and the idea is to go out onto this other planet terrain, claim territory, score points, and whoever gets to 12 points first is the winner. So you score points by... Uh, completing tasks. Winning a battle is a task. You get a point for that, but sometimes you have special tasks that will give you points. If you uh, win a battle where you kill a dragon, you get points. If you uh, uh, win a battle in a particular kind of terrain, you get points. So um, although territory conquest is important because it allows you to get resources and build up more money and you use money to buy more armies, fundamentally you win the game by scoring points. So Make sure you take your territory, make sure you hold your territory, but you're doing that to earn money, to hold territory, and to score points. It's kind of a, a Euro-esque sort of dudes on a map game, and uh, the version we're playing is the original version. It has this larger-than-life look and feel that just kind of makes the game look crazy on the table. It's it makes not- It makes me think of laser tech. It's you're right. It's yes. got that kind of vibe to it. It yeah. definitely tag, has a laser sort of tag vibe. vibe. Yep, it's everything is bright and garish, and to the point where it it has its own sort of personality, and it finds a way to make it work in spite of all of the colors just sort of being all over the place. So um, good call there, Sam. Yep. Yeah, and there's a couple of different ways to play it. You can play uh, first of all, you can play two players, you can play three players, you can play four players, and if you like, you can play four players with teams where the people on the opposite side of the board are working together to total up their points. Is that what we're we doing? Almost or always not play <laughs> four players, every man for himself or woman for for herself, as it as the case should be. Uh, the the one thing that's sort of a point of interest is in the middle is this piece that is kind of raised up above all the others. That is the monolith. Whoever owns that monolith gets these energized cards that are really valuable. They allow you to kind of break the rules. They give you some special capabilities. You use those in battle. You can make gravity go sideways. You can do all sorts of crazy things with them that make it an advantage for you to do your thing. So You always harp on the, the term favored ground. This is the very definition of favored ground, wouldn't you say? Yes, this yeah. is a this is a great example of getting to some place that is more important and holding it. It looks like King of the Hill, and right, and that's that's precisely what it is. And um, somebody getting up there first isn't a crisis, 
but letting that person stay there for an extended period of time is. And if somebody gets up there and manages to hold that for two or three turns, they are suddenly going to become far stronger. So even though you need to get your points to win the game and you need to conquer your territory in order to get your resources, at some point you got to look at anybody who's staying up on top of that hill and you got to say, all right, it's time for them to go. It's time so, to knock them off. Yeah. So it may be something where you can't finish the job, but you can start it and you hope for the person beside you to, uh, to, to, to finish the job after you've gone up there and knocked them down a peg. And I'll just mention that the gentleman that's sitting to my left is usually the first person to get up there, even though I try very hard to beat him to it. It's pretty rare that I manage to do that. It's a point of pride for Chris to get on the monolith first. I think in his mind, and you can you can speak to this, obviously, because I'm speaking for you, but if you get on the monolith first, you've won the game in your mind, right? Of course. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll switch things up a little bit, you know? I do know... Or I think I remember that one of this one of the more valuable secret missions is to knock somebody off of the monolith. So it's not always just a matter of dethroning a person. It's also you get a lot of points for you potentially can get if a lot you have of points. That card. Yep. Yeah. There you, so you end up with secret mission cards um, that you hold in your hand. So nobody knows what you're going after. And sometimes it's sometimes it's a tiny little thing. You just kill one particular kind of unit and you get an extra point. If you just win a battle and you don't have any special secret mission card, you get a point. You get a booby prize. You always get something. But if you have a secret mission card and it's possible, you have a secret mission card that gives you one or two points, plus you get the win a battle point as well. So there's ways. To, so you, you could have a battle where you score two, three, or even four of your 12-point goal for the entire game. So you want to get in. You want to get into a battle. Sometimes you don't even have to win. You just need to kill a unit in a particular kind of, of space, get your points, get out. And uh, and there are times when battles will sit for a round after another round after another round where things just kind of keep stewing, and that's okay too. That's just the nature of Nexus Op. Sometimes this turns into a war of attrition. Yep. Well, I mean, so... This isn't what you would consider a total domination game like Risk or right, you're not Access and Allies. It's really about taking strategic locations and holding them. So it's it's got a very, very strong area control, area majority type of... Well, not a majority because you can't share, but it's definitely got an area control aspect to it that... You know, you get your resources so you can buy more troops and then you attack certain troops attack better from certain areas and then some of them attack better going into certain areas. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of yeah. there's, there's a lot of modifications that go around to kind of and, and help inform how you're going to. And there's this, this other little twist in the rules during combat that makes the game very interesting because sometimes even though you're on attack, you have to sacrifice units and you attack your strongest units to your weakest units. So there will be a time where you need to take a loss, but the battle's not over. Your weaker units still have the ability to attack and they can still win the round. Well, if you lose a unit, you want to lose weak units. That sort of makes sense to everybody, but they still get the chance to attack. So you might want to say, oh boy, I really want to win this battle. I'm going to sacrifice a stronger unit that is already battled because they've already gone. So you get into these tough calls where you need to decide, do I want to sacrifice this weak unit that I can replace very easily? 
or am I going to take my shots, hope for the best, and hope that those weak units can bring it home by sacrificing one of my bigger, more expensive units? Yeah. So it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's really in your face, and I think uh, I think this is gonna this can be really good on the back end. So let's uh, get started, and we'll be right back. I, I think if you count the number of pips I rolled, it was about 23 total. All total, yeah. Out, well, of, well, out well, of 10, 10 rolls. You rolled a lot of ones. I rolled a pile of ones. And, and even yeah. units that like were hitting on twos and threes, I was rolling ones. Yeah. I guess a, a one is worse than just hit. I mean, I guess, is it worse to hit roll a one or to have one that is like one away from where you need it to be? What's the difference? One that's is demoralizing. Oh, no, there is no that's difference. That's an one interesting philosophy. Yeah, yeah. One, a one mocks you, whereas one short is like, oh, if I had just done a little better. I suppose. That's, that's, that's an interesting philosophical question. I mean, yeah, question. And, uh, analytically it doesn't matter because it's either what you need or not what you need. Right, but it's what does your heart tell you but is, that's is true. worth is it? Missing on a two or higher. Is it emotional? Is it more emotional of a hit to roll a one? Or to roll just one less. It's so. definitely rolling a one. Like yeah, when, the you, one, I mean, when a, you need a two or higher and you roll a one. Oh, that's a whole other it's story. It's devastating. Because you, you're getting double. But if it's you need mocking a, you both ways. But if you need a three or higher and you roll a one, you're like, ah, couldn't be helped. I suppose, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, I mean, when you, but when it's a pile of ones, it's just, they're just sitting there staring at you and you're like, why guys? Why? Why'd you have to do that? <laughs> this game of Nexus Op felt like a mosh pit. Like we, like somebody dropped yeah, us into a paper bag and we're trying to fight our way out. Like on all sides of the board. I mean, usually you kind of have your home base and you kind of push out in a direction and you all kind of blob up against each other. And there's a fairly well-defined front. And there were like people all over the place. And I was trying to get into Steven's, his home base because I had a special card for points there. And it just kind of... It was always just a little bit too far, and I couldn't quite reach it. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So, so it never quite happened. But, yeah, everybody was just sort of every place on this one. Well, I mean, that's kind of – I mean, you kind of talked about it like it was area control, but it really isn't. It really is. And it wasn't this game. Cause like sure. You, so there are – I mean, it's not like pure area control like El Grande or – um, some other area control games I can't think of right now, but there are area control aspects to where like you need to control the crystalline areas to get your points, to get your dollars, and to get your dollars. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So that there are definitely elements of area control, but there is very much an aspect where you don't. I suppose what I mean is the area control often doesn't help you win. It helps you get right, more units on the board, but you don't win until you score the points. Right, and you and and you, the points are going to come to you in odd sort of ways. It's going to say you need to win in a fungal forest. So and it's at that like point, it, it may be it's just a single unit. You just need to go over there and go boink, and pop it away, and you pick up two points doing it. It's kind of like with uh, I'm I'm remembering when we back when we played Scythe, and in the final round, like the area you control didn't matter at all. Until the end of the game where you scored a bunch of points based on how much territory you control. And you spread out your military. And, and so I... Just I, pushed two you guys or three off games, in every I direction. painted the map. them as far as you could. And won big because I, I figured it out. And everyone else was like, well, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I get a bunch of points. Yeah. I won. And you caught on and it, it didn't work as well. But this is the same sort of thing where... 
I don't care about controlling the area unless I really need the money. I just right. care you need, about you need some bucks, winning the points, to keep you rolling. And and frankly, I was never hurting for units, and I and my area was just decimated. But I but I didn't need the money. I need I needed the wins, and I and 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 I got up on the monolith, and and I came in last place. But I got up on the monolith, and I had energized cards. I managed to hold it there for two, maybe three turns. I yeah, had a pile I had, of energized I had cards. enough energized cards to win. I didn't yeah, need any more. Yep. Yeah, and and, 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 I, and I could use them. Yeah, Sam's early monolith hold is what won, won him the game. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. those energized cards came in very handy for mm-hmm. him. Um, and he could have won in a plethora of ways because of the the different cards I, that he had. I yep. actually should have won a whole round earlier, but I, I just misplayed. One of I, I was like, oh, yeah. I should have gone to one other space and won one more battle. Right, you got one more point. And that would appreciate been. you holding point. off on that because that gave me that little bit of breather to <laughs> come into a solid second place. I want to I circle back around. I think when you described it as a mosh pit, I think that is the perfect definition for this game. I mean, that's kind of the point, isn't it? You just yeah, like, I mean, it's it's you got to be up in everybody's face because you're not going to get anywhere and playing it's a, nice. And yeah. it's not a big map, so it's not like you can kind of go hide in the corner. I mean, yeah. you you're you're up against somebody on you're your second gonna turn. You're going to be able to, for the most part, hold on to your three home spots and then maybe two other ones consistently. Mm-hmm. But if somebody wants to take those from you, it's not going to be too hard for them to do yeah, that. Yeah, if they set their mind to it, they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. and it's not like uh, you know games where you can build a you know for, build a fort and fortify in and this is mine. There's no way you're taking it from me. I mean, everything on the board is is open. Yeah, and, even and, your home spaces can and, be taken from and you. And the game is not going to last long enough for that dig in to pay off because the dig in is going to buy you a couple of dollars, and that's great. But when it comes right down to it, you you win the game by either winning battles or doing special tasks inside battles, which yeah. means you can't turtle. You need to go out and 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 do things that are in those points. You need to go attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. The, I mean, I I won pretty handily. I think I got. Yeah, I think yeah, I it think was you, because you were pretty aggressive, and and I was. I was. Yeah. I was very. I was pretty aggressive early on. I, I did get some lucky dice, and and you had some good cards to work. And with, I had some and good that, cards and that hurt, helps but, too. But there's still the fact that throughout the game, I had the least amount of territory and the least income, and I think the least number of units on the board for most of the game. But well, you yeah, just but weren't losing. I, I think I had less territory for most of the last of the game. I had maybe. I no, I had. I think I had one mine outside of my home t- base, and I think I had. I had, at the end, I had two empty hexes in front of me, and I had Chris had like come clean across and had a hex that was so closer to for like to the Steven. last three rounds. I controlled my home base and yeah. one spot outside of it. So, so we were even on that. Yeah, and then in the last two rounds, I didn't even control that. Right, because you didn't need it. You had enough to, so they didn't to close need to. you down. I, I knew it was and, like, okay, and, I and need to, to be get fair, this, the points. So, so this is a game that you played at 12 points, and it's pretty rare that you win 12 to 11 to 10 to 9. I mean, this is a game where typically whoever gets to 12 points got a, got a couple of breaks, made a couple of smart moves, and they win 12 to 6 to 5 to 3. I yeah, mean, it's I usually mean, not a, a real blow. I, I went from, I think, 2 points to 6 points, and then I went to 11 points, but I could have gone to 12. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, I've I've had swings like that where I've gotten five and six points in a turn as well. But, you know, this time around, I just didn't get the victory point cards to do it. If you have yeah. the right combination so, and, of cards, and, and, you can really jump in yeah, points. And, and the nice thing, the game is short enough that, you know, when somebody rolls, they're going to get rolling. 
and and wins bring wins and and you know so so some, somebody who gets to six or seven is going to get to 12 pretty quick probably yep. i mean my my economy wasn't as good as your guys but the dice went my way a few crucial times yep. and so yep. you know you ended up in a situation where you spent your turns income putting units together and then they all died and i didn't lose anything <laughs> and more to the point just didn't do anything yeah i'd go out and attack and be like nope it's like all right. Yeah, so, I'm gonna roll a bunch of ones. It's yeah, great, and it's, and it's a light enough game, and it's a quick enough game, and that you know, it, it, it sucks not winning, but you know how 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 personally you're gonna take it, and and you can always say, well, it's the dice. It's not my fault. You know, I got bad dice. So next time we play, next time we play, I'll do better. Yeah, I'll bring my loaded dice. That's right. Bring your cheat dice. Dice <laughs> that have sixes instead of ones. Yes, two sets of sixes. So I was happy. Uh, anytime I hold the monolith is, is is a good game for me, and I got a good chunk on the monolith, and that worked out real well. Chris, what the heck, dude? You were the only guy that wasn't up there uh, battling with the best of us. Oh, I, I don't got think up you there. touched. No, you did touch it once, and then I, I came promptly up there kicked and, you off, didn't yeah. I? Because yeah. I had that I had that one rock spider who just kept rolling and then not dying. Yeah. Yep. Well, there was that, and then John was creeping up with some creatures or some of his guys. Some big guys. Yeah. To the side of me. And so it was kind of like, oof, if he goes up there, I can go and take two of those mines. Right. So it's. And I had spots. I had some things that would allow me to win and. Yeah. And, not, and to get to win battles. And, and, and it's the kind of game like that where you kind of look at your opponents and go, well, he's the kind of guy that tends to go up there. He's certainly coming into pin four, so I'll wiggle around. I'll get my points another way. So, you know, you're, you're always playing to conditions. And, yeah. and, and I think I it's kind of neat that way. I, I did really like the energized cards. I think those were fun. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed <laughs> because I had. Did you see, Stephen? How many what's? Of those energized cards. I had one energized card that allowed me to reinitiate a battle. Gotcha. I saw a bunch of them. Which, <laughs> which, which would have been really worthwhile for me because that one battle I, I would have combo. loved to have taken on the boat. I didn't pull it off because it ended up not being the best way to play the cards. But I really wanted to use the card that let me teleport four fungoids to another space. Mm-hmm. I was going to teleport them there and then reverse the initiative order so they went first, <laughs> give <laughs> them all two attacks, and then play two outflank cards so they all had plus two to hit. So they would have that would have been that would have been an, an impressive waste of energized so it cards. Been, it would have been <laughs> but, eight but attacks hitting he on had two. Them to waste. It, 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 it would have been an epic battle. It to would watch. have been hilarious. And yeah. Chris had that big group of humans, and I was like, "Ooh, I could just <laughs> roll through them." But I was like, "But but why? Like, I do all that, and I'd get one point." Oh, but see. That's the that's not how you play Nexus Ops. Nexus Ops, you do all that and you get your one point. And and at the end you crow about the fact, see, I got one point by playing all those games. And I would have gotten energized. And he would have gotten an energized because he I would have lost okay the battle. It. Not worth. Yeah, it probably would have ended in a stalemate. Yeah. And then I would have said, All right, I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I'll tell you the one thing I will say, the dragons really kind of stunk up the place today, didn't they? Which is the strongest piece on the board. Did any of the breath weapons work? I think one I breath had weapon. One hit, breath weapon worked. Mine landed a couple times. And that's that's a fifty fifty shot and they just kept not working. And frankly, even their attacks where they only needed two were I mean, they even missed I mean, a couple of those. To be honest, I really like the design of the dragons. Like I'm kind of iffy on, on. You mean the look or the, the way they the play? Mechanical design, how okay. they play. Yeah, I mean they look kind of neat too, but they just need to go a little farther. Is yeah, it, you start them in your home base and you're moving one step at a time. Yeah, they, they take like, a while. Geez. They take a while. But yeah. the mechanical design, where they're 
hands down the strongest unit in the game. They hit first in combat. Yep. They hit on twos. So and they breathe. And, so they get a special and, attack. Or they you, have the breathe weapon. Right. And if you don't put them in melee, then they can, they're the only unit with a ranged attack where you can shoot into somebody else's hex. Yeah, you can take a pot shot at and, someone. And kill something on a four or higher. Yep. And I really like the dichotomy there where if you don't put them at risk, they're okay. Right? There's a lot of utility there, but maybe you just don't roll a four or higher and then they've right. done nothing. Or you can put them in there and now they're basically guaranteed to kill something before it can hit back. Yeah, but my problem my problem with my dragons were everything around all the good targets beside what was up on the monolith were down to like one unit. So it was kinda like If you torch it you, there's a battle there that you could have won. Yeah, got right, points but then, for. But if there's only one unit, you don't risk any. You hardly risk anything by moving the dragon in. Oh no no no! Oh, you just, I'm sorry. You I, just roll the dragon so in and kill it. So yeah, what, what ended up happening was I rolled my dragon up, and the two spaces next to the dragon where I could go in and fight were lava spaces. But all I had were humans. Ah, so I couldn't take them in for for, for flak for uh, yeah. yeah. So, th- so that's that's the other thing is the dragons are very powerful. But they're not any more durable than anything else, which means you spent twelve dollars, a huge amount of money, yeah, on a on a one guy that will go down just as easily as everything and, else. And, and the way there's six different kinds of units, and the way they're designed, they all kind of kind of repost each other. So you've got that lava leaper, which is just below them. That if they roll a five or higher, they get to pick what they kill. Oh yeah, so and they I can killed take Chris's out that and He was mad about it. Yeah. So, I don't think it would have mattered. So, so, so each it wouldn't one, have mattered in the long run, no. But right, each, it each, felt good. Each one has its own little special ability that manages to kind of worry you when you're playing all of yeah. the others. So it's 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 really considering. I mean, the rule book is maybe six or eight pages, and it's kind of big print with a lot of pictures. This is this is a game you learn in five or ten minutes in detail. It's just not that hard. Um, and frankly, we were cracking open a brand new, still shrink wrapped copy. And, you know, we had it up and running in, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes probably when all was said and done. Yeah, I mean, there there's like two rules that come up infrequently that you have to remind yourself of. The Lava Leaper with the five the fiver uh, higher attack. Right, gets to pick his target. Gets to pick the target. And then um, as a defender, if you get wiped out of a territory... You get an energized card. You get card. an energized card, right. And secret missions can only be finished on your turn. On your own turn, right. So, I mean, the secret missions part, that's that's in the rules. That should make sense. But those two other, they're not edge cases, but they're infrequent cases that... Just enough just that, kinda, yeah, you want to make sure you, you, have you to look remember them up those before you play. Yeah, I mean, it's a, really, it's a really simple rule set, which is great. And, you know... Samuel says this was his first time playing, but I think it was I have, not. Yeah. I have played this before. I don't remember when, but playing it, it's been I a long remembered. time for all of us. It has been a yeah. while. It's been yeah. definitely and, a while. You know, he was asking questions while we were kind of giving the rules explanation, and you know, John was like, "Well, there there really aren't a lot of edge cases here. Like, even if you look at the cards, the cards are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, the only edge case we had was uh, when you're when it." Because the initiative of combat is based on the units involved. So if mm-hmm. the attacker and the defender have the same type of unit, they roll at the same time. Right. And technically, you would remove casualties simultaneously because most of the time, the person 
who loses the piece picks which one gets removed. Mm-hmm. And the question was, well, sometimes that might matter, I guess. So, so we what just order do you remove them in? And, yeah. and John just picked one. But frankly, I think we spent more time on that than we needed to. Yeah, yeah we, we kind of hypothetical it to yeah. death. And then when the case actually came up, it was like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah it, it, didn't it, it never actually mattered. Yeah, there I, was. I, I, I suppose it could matter, but it was. It's the kind of. I mean, thing this is a tournament level time. play, gentlemen. This is <laughs> right. the one other was I could kill two humans, and it didn't say like in the same hex, so I was able to pick two different yeah, hexes. I mean, it doesn't. I'm yeah. used to. It didn't say. It just said kill two humans. Yeah. Yeah. See, it was a big that, radiation cloud, and that was you reading into it too hard. Uh, I guess being used to what other games yeah. kind of force you to do. I mean, yeah, this is. This is early Avalon Hill. And I say early, I think it's 2004. 2005, I think. Yeah, something in, in that neck of the woods. And so, you know. Yeah, so, and, and, and straight up, this is, this is a game designed for, for teenage boys. I mean, that's, I'm sure, was their target market. And this is when Avalon Hill was not, you know, the egghead sort of, you know, revolutionary war battles Avalon Hill. This was when Avalon Hill was was producing some of their far more mainstream market stuff, Axis Allies and that sort of thing. Yeah, all of the um Yeah. So this is this all is of their coffin box ones. This is designed to be light and fast and come out onto the table real quick and easy. And the board is just modular enough that things are a little bit interesting without being too crazy and I mean, and there's enough variability that you're gonna get a different play every time. And and with the dice in it, you're gonna get some you're gonna have to roll with the punches. All right, so the fact that the miniatures glow in the dark automatically is like this is marketed towards teenage boys. Glow in the dark or glow with a black light? Black light. They're, yes, so fluorescent. They, they fluorescent under black light. Mm-hmm. They were pretty looking. Yeah, so there's there's a couple pictures. I'll I'll post some when we um when we post the episode. But so I'll ask a question, and I have no, I don't think any of us know the answer. D- does the new reprint version have any rule changes at all? Oh, that. Uh. You know, honestly, I don't know. It could be something that we explore later, but if anybody knows, call us. <laughs> yes. Put us on call Steve. Know, Discord. <laughs> John's phone number is. <laughs> I'd, I'd just be curious to know if the new version, yeah, if they I don't made know. any changes to the rules at all. It's Fantasy Flight Games, and they sort of have a habit of yeah, they, changing they, they, they like things to relatively put, clean things up. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll I'll make a um, a Discord channel for discussion for Nexus Ops, and if if there are differences, please hop in and let us know, and we'll kind of discuss yeah, like whether they're better or not. Yeah. So so this was a great pick for a vote for our game, and so so that's pretty cool. And and if and if the picks Everyone, go this good, this is going to be a whole lot of good time because yeah. we've had this game for years, and um, I I don't think we've played this in. Six or eight years at this point. No, we played it. We played it like four years ago. No, we played it more recently than that. My last, my last log was two was uh, 20, 2019. I think John and I okay. played this just the two of us. Really? Yeah, I think we played it as a two player while we were. It was at a Delaware weekend two years, two years ago maybe. Now I gotta look that up. Somebody keep talking while I look I don't that know. up. Well, I know I've played it two players with John. Yeah, um, and this game is is still I readily available. Recall playing this two player. I, I saw it on eBay for somewhere around fifty bucks for mm-hmm. this copy of the game. This version, you this mean, version, this printing. yeah. So I mean, it's it's not terribly hard to find. It's a neat game if you like the. I mean, it, it was stressful the whole time. I mean, you're you're like yeah, I said, I mean, you're in a mosh pit. It's a mosh pit. You, I, you, you, there's, there's no just, there's, there's no letting up. There's elbows and knees and feet and just everything flying all over the place. It's 
yeah and, and, and I th- I think the game it's it's one of the games that um that manages to bridge the casual player and the more gamer gamey kind of player mm-hmm. both at the same time so from that perspective it's a it's a nice kind of birthday gift if you got a teenage boy and you want to spend some time with him find some quality time this would be a nice place to pick it even if he's I more think interested it helps in video how to games. deal with conflict but we have some people in our group that hate conflict. Yeah. I was going to say, so the conflict in this game is very forced. Yeah, you have to. That's you the have, whole point. You have to. And, you know, people that aren't into conflict might have a problem with this game. But at the same time, the conflict is so in the forefront and just so, like... Yeah, the cards are essentially driving what you're going to do. You don't take it personally when somebody comes after you. Yeah, so it makes it where... Yeah. Okay, I need to attack John, but I don't feel bad about it because he's got the units that I need to kill. Yeah. It's it's interesting hearing you guys talk about it because, I mean, I, it, this was not that kind of experience for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a conflict game, but it doesn't feel like a conflict game. Yeah. Or it's kind of hard to you take don't, it personally when somebody has a secret card that says, I just need to kill that one unit of yours. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not like... um. Like in Risk, when y'all pile on to right to destroy one to player and just completely destroy my city, it's because Chris told us to. Yeah, wow, because you, Chris told you. I can actually game, see some bitterness in your eyes in the previous so, game. You're, I'm you're so mad, still angry about <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a capital city in that game anymore. Well, the, are we talking about that Risk legacy legacy game? What's game? the big deal? Yeah. Oh, it is Risk Legacy. Yeah, it was yeah. Risk yeah. Legacy. God, that sucks. Yeah, he could, and he it's my, still going mm. on. And we all signed our names that we would finish. Yeah, are no, we all here? We are. We all are. Oh here. no. So, <laughs> so, so getting getting back to Nexus Ops, I played exactly four years ago here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then before that it was two. We weren't here four years ago, were we? No, and, I've owned and, this place well, for in a year and a half. Um, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then before that, it goes back to 2014. So I've played two games in the last. 10 years or so. This and, would be a fun and this, one. This on was a third game arena. So yeah, we, no. we quick and fast out more. It's a, and, and that's, that's what we keep doing when, when we're doing these podcasts, we end up getting these games. We say, well, let's go with something a little deeper, a little bigger, a little more, uh, uh, legendary. And we end up pulling these games. And we're like, oh, why are we not playing these games instead? And, you know, we, we, we do a whole lot of games that are, um, I'm not going to even blame it on new or old. They're just kind of, they're, they're, they're okay. And we have fun. But then we get these games out, and we're like, "Wow, this is the kind of stuff we should be playing more of this. This is this is just a little meatier, a little more fun." This is a like a puzzle game. It really is. Yeah, it, it, there's a part of it. How how can I figure out how to make my cards it's, work to the way yeah. it's what I need to do? It, it's interesting because you have like the there's economy building and the area control, but it really is all just window dressing to how can I get twelve points? How can I wiggle my points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and the cards I had just. There was no way I was going to win with the cards I had, because yeah. my my good my my the one card of the four that I had that was worth three points, the other three were worth one, was to kill a dragon, mm-hmm. and Samuel was the only one with a dragon that was next to me, and he kept running around the other side of the board. <laughs> so there's no way I was going to get to his dragon. I didn't want you to kill my dragon. You could have hopped up on a monolith and jumped down on him. You could have. <laughs> I, I could have, but I only. <laughs> The dragon would have been the only thing I could get up there. I didn't have enough leapers or yeah. um, the stone guys. Yeah. No, I just I'm I'm very entertained by the fact that I I won with I controlled two spaces on the board. Mm-hmm. I had like three pieces, 
left. Yeah, I mean, you just rolled I, better. I, I was going after you. I, I was like, yeah. John, I'm leaving you alone. I'm just going straight after, straight you, after Sam. You came over to where I was. And I'm like, I'll kill those guys. I get points out of that too. So yeah. I just, I just didn't manage to close the deal. Yeah. All right. Do we want to rate this? All right. So we've come to the part of the show where we do the thing. Oh boy. Are we going to do the standard mm. board game geek? Yeah, we'll use the board game geek one to ten scale. I mean, we've been doing it this long. It seems like for consistency's sake. All right, so uh, so Sam, boy, you were Sam, you, you were the, kind of the victor. Kind of a tough call. That means you get to go first. So I enjoyed this game. Uh, I did win, so you know, always easier to enjoy a game when you win as the victor. Yes, by a that, lot. That being said, I will try to be a little more. Uh, Try to try to take a step back and remove myself from the victor's seat. Look at it objectively. And look at it objectively. Um, I enjoy it. Right? It's it's kind of a light, quick tactical game where you have to to fight around and solve the puzzle of how exactly you're going to get to twelve points. I enjoy that. There is a lot of dice rolling, which yes, sometimes can be a good thing and sometimes can be a oh, frustrating a good thing. thing. I had a I had a good time because my dice were hot tonight. If my dice were cold tonight, I would not have had a good time. Yeah, I want to play Sam when he has cold dice. Oh boy, put him in the fridge. How yeah. how good of a game would that be? Uh, just I, I'm and not sure Sam would deal well with that. <laughs> well, the the thing is, I I I mean, I like to think I'm a good sport about it, but I don't have as good a time, and I've I've certainly played plenty of miniatures games where all you do is roll dice and you can make all the bright plays and put you guys in the best positions and then roll nothing but ones Mm. and that feels bad i don't enjoy that yeah Um, it's i think it's it's all about balancing the how much effort do you have to put in to get to the die roll for the die roll to then undo everything yeah and and this is this is pretty generous. You don't have to put a lot of effort in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just a part of me that is always going to be sad when it all comes down to a die roll. And I mean, it's almost it like go the, in your favor. It's almost like the cancel card in civilization, like in a game where you have to take two or three turns to build up to something, yeah, ex- except it's, it's, and then you roll a one. And then yeah. the le- it's the, the gods of dice canceling it. Not the guy across yeah, the table. Yeah, you, you, you save you save up you get your dragon you're like yes a dragon then you roll a one and the human you're trying to murder rolls a six and the other guy's like yeah that was so cool that makes for an epic story but then the leaper chooses your dragon to kill it it it. makes well it makes for an epic story for the guy who rolled a six for the guy who rolled a one you're like it sounds like you're talking yourself out of having a good time with this game did you have a good time or not (sighs) i did i just can't shake the feeling that i had a good time because i won well, then make your rating and let's move on. I mean, make the call. Um, I enjoyed it. I had, I would have had a good time even if I lost. I just would have had, I think, a less good time. So you're saying it's not a nine. It's not a nine. How about I'm an gonna, eight? I'm going to give it a seven. Okay, we'll go with I'm seven. I'm going to give it a seven. Hmm. It's fun. It was fairly light. And, you know, giving it a seven, that means you'll play it again, right? I would play it again. Okay. I would play this tomorrow. If we were like, oh, let's play Nexus Ops again, I'd play it tomorrow. We got other games to play, but maybe. I mean, we are on our like, gaming you've weekend. You've got other so games to play. I mean, if I had to go to work maybe. tomorrow, I probably wouldn't play this. We have to play Maria. 
but oh, I really yeah. want to play. You Mario. and I are getting out of here, so they might have the opportunity to play it again. Does that play three? Mario's yes, three. exactly three. Mm. Yeah, I can leave Nexus Ops. Maybe. All right, who came in second? Chris? Uh, Chris was second place. You clawed out a second with how many points? Seven. Seven. And well, that was 12? only because you missed the victory the turn before. <laughs> I was able to yeah. great final round and picked up some real yeah, nice points. I pick up about four points. If I'd in the ended final the round. round before, I think the next highest would have been three. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been me and Steven. And yeah, we I were tied and I was at three, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Been, I only had two. That would have been hilarious. I wish I'd ended that's, it around that's earlier. That's common with Nexus Ops. Yeah. It, um, it, the score that I have. When it was just me and John playing, it was twelve to four. Yeah. So it, um, yeah, it's not like a, it's not a game that you're gonna have close ending scores, but the 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 battles that you have on the table are close. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really about the the, yeah. the secret mission cards and how you can squeeze right, points out of those. Piece things but, together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Chris. You know, Nexus Op is always a, a great game to get out on the table. Um, you know, it was a little, little tough to, I don't think I'd want to play it every week. Um, I'll play it a couple times a year. It's a little tough. It does only play four. I could see a, an expansion, maybe add a couple more rings and, uh, no, it, it, well, it plays two, three and four. So yeah, right. the, the problem I think with adding more players is you'd lose some of the tightness of the board, right? If right, we're playing, that's, that's the whole point, right? I mean, frankly, I, I, fought with, with John for the middle but if there were more rings and more space for more players I, I don't think you're going to constantly be butting heads with yeah, people I'm going to have to push back on this why do you think it needs more players I think it's perfect this way well typically we usually have five, five or six I mean yeah but for you convenience just, sake but I don't think they'd yeah. fit well yeah I mean it's no, like I, I think it's it like, is a very good game with that but it's like trying to play um Alien Frontiers with six people. You just don't do it. And when you have this You have the big, ability to, but you don't. When you have this big, beautiful, long table, you lay out two games, and you just play two separate games at the same time at I the mean, same table, and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, if, if five people show up, then yeah, you don't get to play Nexus Ops. You but play a two and a three. Those days when yeah. four people show up, maybe you consider it. And when five people show up? I, you don't play, play Nexus Ops. What I just said, you, you don't you play, play Nexus Ops. Well, no. One, one of the groups plays a three-player game of Nexus Ops, which it plays very well, and the other one plays a two-player game. You play Unmatched, or you play uh, 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 one of the other games that we've we've done, or you play Azul, or whatever it is. Yeah, okay. I, th- okay. I think this is perfect at four. Yeah, I mean, not every game has to play every number of players. You're right. I mean, I'll we've got right. a game. And don't And don't. Don't overstretch something. And that's what I told the guy that's doing wings for the Baron a second time. Don't overstretch something and break it. Make yeah. it if it, if it plays well with this group, then then just then yeah. leave it be. And I that's just, just what's going to be. I think the way the map is set up and the size of things is such an integral part of what makes it interesting and fun to play mm-hmm. that changing the map at all risks disturbing that okay. balance. So just a quick vote here. Chris is wrong? Yes. I think yes. we all agree Chris okay, is wrong. So there's okay. consensus. It happens every once in a while. How about my rating? How about your rating? What is your rating? You haven't said it yet. Okay. Yeah, we can get to that. I'll give it a monolithic seven. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. I wish I thought. Am I right or wrong? I mean, I also rated it a seven, so I suppose I have to say you're correct. Wow. And I think did you have more points than me, Stephen? So, Nexus Ops. Um, you know, one of the things that we set out to do with this podcast, and I know I've mentioned this before, but it's to really highlight these games that we think 
are good and other people should be paying attention to. And so Nexus Ops is fully within that purview because this is a game that I really think that there's something in this box for everybody. I do strongly disagree with that, that there is something in there for everybody. Yeah, I, I, I don't think if, that's true. There are several people that we play games with or we play games with that would just not like this game just because of the, all the conflict. Yeah, but so I was as I was saying, like the conflict is so inconsequential. Some people just don't like it. Yeah, some pe- yeah, okay. Some I get people that. just all don't right. like it, and so that's fine. Yeah, but we don't like those people. It does conflict There's really well. In Nexus Ops for about 90% of people. <laughs> for everyone who matters, there's something in Nexus Ops. Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Are 90%, sure that's not what 90% you're trying to say? of people. It feels like that's what you're trying to say. No, we're going to go with 90%. All right. So, no, all, right. I'll, I'll, so I'll, all right. Hold on. 78%. There we go. That's a good number. No, 88%. 88% no. of people. I was with 78. So, eight, so, so you rated an 8, but for 88% of the people, which means it comes in just a little bit more than a 7. Yeah, it's right at a 7 for sure. That's perfect. I mean, you do the math. I. All right, so so and 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 you know what? I'm I'm gonna go the absolute opposite way. You all are talking too much. It's just a fun game, and it's and it's and it's a kids game that that lifts your spirits, and it's just fun. Doesn't take too long to play. You get a chance to get it out. It's the kind of game you can play twice. It's just it's just fun. It's just don't overthink it. It's just go out and have a good time. Easily a seven, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Anyone got any parting thoughts? The glo- the the fluorescing minis Rematch. are really cool. It is, but then actually the new set looks pretty cool too. It's, it it doesn't, really, have the, doesn't have the fluoresce, but it, it's really cool color. I mean, it, it it's cool. It really doesn't matter. To yeah, me. it's very impractical to play that way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's cool to know that it happens. It's cool to know that it happens. It was neat to see it, but I, I it's not a selling point. Yeah, it would be difficult to play like that. So yeah, maybe in the my gaming table I could get some black lights on the sides. Oh my god! Down in the well, it might really make it pop. Oh boy. I hear a project incoming. I hear it sounds like we're playing a again. new wave of Kickstarters. Mm. John, Chris, Sam, and I thank you for joining us in conversation about Nexus Ops. You can join us in conversation by visiting our website, gamesfromthecellar.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. The Pick Our Play poll for June is now open until May 31st. Join us in our Discord to nominate and vote for a game that you want us to play in June. We look forward to hearing from you.